Welcome to Fresh Catholic, a podcast for those who are converting, reverting, or simply want a fresh perspective of the Catholic faith to help them to open their hearts and minds to become closer to the love and goodness of Christ. My daily prayer is that I will be a bright light to others, to be filled with the love and light of Christ, so that when people look at me, they see Him radiating out from me for His glory. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Balderas, and I'm so happy you're here. So today I'm finalizing the Hood series, and this week's topic is neighborhood. So, in the immortal words of Mr. Rogers, It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Won't you be my neighbor? I'm not a singer, but thank you, Mr. Rogers. The definition of neighbor, according to Webster, is one living or located near another. A Bible definition is your fellow man. What does Jesus or the Bible say about neighbors? In Mark 12, Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself. To love someone as yourself, you have to know the person, spend time with the person, and strive to understand the person. Jesus has compared the love we have for our neighbors to the love we have for ourselves. In Matthew 22, Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Luke 10 says, There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test him and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, Take care of him. If you spend more 
than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, The one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. So it's very clear here that Christ wants us all to love and care about others. This parable clearly reveals virtues such as compassion, mercy, solidarity, generosity, hospitality, etc. So why am I doing this topic? Going along with the hood uh, series, like I said, I did motherhood, fatherhood, priesthood, childhood. Uh, It just popped into my head to do neighborhood. One of the reasons I started thinking about it is I feel today we have a lack of interest in the care of our neighbors. And again, our neighbors aren't, of course, there's the, you know, actual neighbor next door. Uh, There's the neighbors around your house, but neighbors like, you know, your fellow man, like I said earlier, the global neighbors we have, I don't feel like we're having as much interest in our neighbors anymore. And it just makes me really sad for our um, world that, you know, we're so self-absorbed with our own self, our own relationships and things we're doing that we're not really thinking about our fellow man or our neighbors do you even know your neighbors? I mean, I don't know my neighbors right now. And that is bizarre to me. I was raised in a very small town of Ojai. And I was raised in this very contained neighborhood that my mother still lives in to this day. Um, I moved in there when I was three years old. And there were three streets in my neighborhood And the children in that neighborhood, to this day, we're all still friends. I can count on them. Um, If I were to call any of them today, I know they would not only answer the phone, they would help me if I was in need. That's a beautiful feeling. Um, Right now, in the place I'm living, I don't know the neighbors. I really don't. Shame on me. Um, I don't know if they would welcome me (laughs) if I were to just show up. But um, I just think when I was raised in the small town that there was a value to our neighbors. You know, my mom is best friends with the neighborhood kids' mothers. You know, like she's always been best friends with them my whole life. And many of the parents of all the children that were raised there either still live there or have passed away recently, but they all moved there, lived there for the entirety, you know, of our childhood. So most of us. So I think that is such a beautiful thing, you know, that we would um, play together. And, you know, I would just run out the door, I'm going to go outside and play. And, you know, we would play hide and seek, and we would go over to each other's houses, and all the parents kind of knew where we were. That's, I think that's a lost art these days. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you all have this idyllic um, neighborhood, but um, big cities also have neighborhoods, maybe a different type of neighborhood, but I imagine that they have like parks everybody could meet in. So meet your neighbor in a park. My big dream would be to meet in Central Park because it's my favorite park. 
I would think that there's still neighborhoods out there where a bunch of kids can still get together, you know, as long as they're putting down their devices. And if you get together a group of, you know, neighborhood kids, they're all going to have fun. They're going to have way more fun than doing their devices. But it's up to us as parents and grandparents to encourage that. So that's why I'm saying, you know, get to know your neighbors. That way all the children can play together. I really wish we could get back to that. I know a lot of the reasons we're not necessarily as neighborly maybe as back in the day is that, you know, we live in a scarier world today. You know, there's a lot of shady things going on and you kind of never know what your neighbors are up to. So maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe part of the problem is that we're driving our children everywhere now. So like back in the day, we would all play together because mommy and daddy weren't driving us to another neighborhood to play with friends. That was incredibly rare. Like maybe we would ride the school bus over to another neighborhood and hang out, but you know, after school. But um, for the most part, it was, we were self-contained. We were playing in our neighborhood and maybe today parents are, you know, driving their children around, taxiing them around from one sporting event or, or whatever to another. And children aren't just playing in the neighborhood. You know, I think that's something everybody should get back to. Kind of like I talked about in the childhood episode, you know, just letting your children be children, letting them play, like open the door, let them run out, let them go play tag, let them, you know, have friends over and, and hang out in their bedroom and listen to music. I don't know. Like, let's get back to a simpler time. When I raised my children, We also lived in a neighborhood. To me, the epitome of a neighborhood is when you have a sidewalk. Sidewalks and streetlights. There is just something so beautiful and simple about that. But, you know, the old thing of you have to come home when the streetlights come on. I used to love that. (laughs) You know, do people say that anymore? Because I used to love it. You know, ride your bike on the sidewalk. Maybe that's not the best idea because you run into people. But, you know, just... um, I just loved that I was raised in a neighborhood. My children were raised in a neighborhood. There was some safety and security to that. I think the neighbors, we used to all kind of watch out for each other and make sure that everybody was okay. I know when my children were raised, we were kind of the youngest family in our um, part of the street for a little while until a couple other families moved in. And so we had a lot of little old people around us. And I really encouraged my children to, you know, make sure that they were all okay. And like, you know, go check on them, go visiting them, um, knock on their door and have a little visit. My youngest son used to really take care of the little lady next door and go help her with her pets. And he would take her trash can out. And I would just really encourage that because that's how you teach your children to be kind to their neighbors. And I know that was very valuable to her and it meant a lot to her. And I mean, there was even a couple of times where she got injured and he was readily available to help her. So, you know, encourage your children to be neighborly and to um, be aware of the people around them and, and to, you know, do good service to them. One thing I noticed about the difference of my childhood and my children's childhood was, like I said, I would just play with all my neighborhood friends. We all went to the same school, um, so that was easy. My children lived in a different part of town than where their school was, and that was very problematic because all of the children in our neighborhood went to a nearby school, and my children went to a faraway school. So They didn't have that same connection, which was unfortunate. Um, Luckily, they had each other to play with, but 
I just thought that was unfortunate. I think maybe you should stick with the school that's that's near your own house because then they can all play together. So are we good neighbors? And how can we be neighborly? What does that mean, you know, to be a good neighbor? I would say it's checking in on the neighbors, you know, like like I say, checking in on on the little old people or people maybe with small children. I know at one point when I had my three children and they were very small, we had a, a little girl that came over one day and she knocked on the door and she said, I see you have children. Do you need a mother's helper? Which I thought was really cute, you know, because yes, I did. I did need a mother's helper. So <laughs> I took her up on it and she would just come over and play with the children, you know, and I could wash the dishes or whatever. And um, she wasn't paid or anything. She was just being neighborly. And I thought that was really nice you know that so so maybe encourage your kids to do that if if they see a need that they actually take it upon themselves to go help a neighbor like if you see a little old lady neighbor or or somebody needing help you know and they are struggling with bags out of the car go encourage your children say go take mrs jones her bags you know take them in her house and set them down for her that's really nice that's teaching your children to be neighborly you could make food for your neighbors or Um, Maybe go grocery shopping for them if they need it. Run errands for them. You know, find out if they're struggling and they might need something. You know, you can certainly offer that and give them a phone call or knock on their door and say, I'm going to the market today. You know, do you, would you like me to pick anything up for you? That's nice. That's being neighborly. Um, Maybe if you have a neighbor who's sick or hurt or elderly and they have an animal or a pet, you or your children could offer to walk the dog or help them, you know, doing something with their animal. Like I said, maybe take out their trash cans for them. You could invite them over. You know, my mom um, got invited over by her neighbors for dinner and, and, and she went and I thought, well, that's nice, you know, that they invited her and she went, she really enjoyed it. And So I think that was a surprise to her, and that was just really generous and nice. You could have block parties. I mean, sometimes people do that. I think that's a fun time. You know, block off your street on a certain day. Do barbecues. You know, let the kids run around where they don't have to worry about cars driving around. You've blocked off the street. That's a fun time, especially since 4th of July is this week. So that's a good idea. And of course, let your children play with the neighborhood kids. You know, get to know their parents, of course. Get to kind of uh, get a sense of what the parents are about and what they're, you know, what type of people they are. And, you know, they can do that with you also because your children are very precious and, you know, they're very valuable and you don't want to just let them go anywhere. But, you know, encourage them to play with the local kids so you don't always have to be driving them here and there that they can just run out the door. That's really awesome. Anytime you can volunteer to do something for a neighbor, that's a really nice, generous thing to do. You could also invite them to church with you. You could invite them to a church group, um, you know, like a Bible study or a men's group. Encourage them to come to events if your church has like a church picnic or a special mass or something, invite them to that. Sometimes it just takes an invitation. And if you say, I'm going to be at 11 o'clock mass, I would love to have you come. And then, you know, when you see them, of course, really be excited. Maybe invite them to lunch afterward or something. That, that would be really nice. But mainly, you know, to be neighborly, just be loving, kind, and caring. That's a way to be a good neighbor. When you're out in the world, 
remember that your neighbor is your fellow man. And let's be really kind and understanding to other people. Let's be welcoming to them. Let's try to, you know, just have a positive attitude. I feel like we're all so divided uh, in this world today. I feel like, especially in our country, we're just so divided. We're so angry with each other and we all just want our own way. And we all just, you know, if you're not doing what I want you to do, then I don't want to be your friend and I don't want to have anything to do with you. How about we agree to disagree? How about we just want to be friends with people and maybe learn from them and say, oh, you're not Catholic. What is what is your religion? Or, you know, you have differences of some sort. Maybe learn about those things instead of just saying, well, I don't want to be your friend because you're not in my religion and you're not in my political party. But maybe like that's how you learn. I know when you become a parent, that really does open up your horizons to the world of neighborhood because... When you are just alone or when you are just a couple, you are going to gravitate towards people that you have a lot in common with. But then when you end up having children, that opens up a whole new world, a whole new neighborhood for you, because then your children gravitate very innocently and lovingly to all types of people, which is beautiful. God has a total hand in that because they don't see all the things that we see. They don't see stereotypical things. They don't see race and religion and and politics they don't see that they see oh i have this in common with this child and i want to be friends with them well then what that does is that kind of throws the parents together which again i believe is a god a god nudge because god wants us to be loving and kind and diverse in our getting to know other people so typically children will draw people together that might not have been drawn together and so that's how we kind of learn is like you know, when your children love each other as friends, you certainly want to nurture that relationship. So then as parents, you should try to be friends with their parents. So I think that really opens up the neighborhood. So all these ideas are great to have a harmonious neighborhood. But what do you do when you have a conflict with a neighbor? Um, I've had that happen a couple of times. And boy, it is challenging. Certainly, I think today, if I were to have those challenges, I would probably handle them in a different way with more peace and harmony on, on, the, on the agenda and also trying to maybe ask more questions and try to work out a solution. I know the two problems I, I remember having when I was married before and we lived in, uh, it was two different houses we lived in. It was incredibly challenging and it turned into really a bad situation that never resolved itself because I don't think the person, the neighbor handled it very well and I don't think we handled it very well. And so I would say what not to do is to go in real accusatory and hot you know, um, maybe go in a little softer. (laughs) One of the situations was we lived in a neighborhood where my next door neighbor had a wolf as a pet. You heard me, a wolf. It wasn't a dog. It was a wolf. It howled. It was a wolf. 
So that neighbor, when people would walk by and they would say, oh my gosh, you know, they, they were like excited about seeing the wolf, he would talk it up as a wolf. When they were down on the idea that it was a wolf, it was a dog, it was a definite dog. But he had it in the backyard circling around. He had a peg in the dirt in the middle and the, the wolf was leashed to it and he would just walk around in circles howling all the time. Well, this wasn't okay with me. Um, I felt bad for the wolf. And then next thing I know, the wolf jumped our fence and was in our backyard. And I had three very small children under the age of six. So that was definitely not okay with me. We did go over rather hot and demanded that he get rid of this wolf and, you know, that it was jumping the fence. He didn't agree with it. It was before cell phones. We couldn't take a video and show him. So anyway, it ended up very poorly. He did relocate the wolf uh sadly to a street with many horses and I don't know what ended up happening but we never talked again so that's what happened with that situation that severed the neighborly uh thing there and so I would say today if that were to happen I would go over and just really talk about putting the emphasis on the fact I have small children and it's a danger and that I would hope he would you know really consider my children's safety as a big idea for him to move the wolf. So I think I would have handled it in a calmer way where we could have hopefully stayed friendly neighbors. The other one was I lived in a a big, beautiful house and I had um, a swimming pool. So did my neighbor. We had lots of vines dividing the properties and we came home from vacation and the new neighbor had removed all the vining plants and we could see straight into their yard and they could see straight into ours. And I remember there was a lot of yelling with that one. Um, I don't recommend that either because, first of all, they shouldn't have done that without asking since they were only renters and we were owners. But we could have handled that in a better way. And I could have said, so let's talk about, you know, paying for a fence together to cover this (laughs) problem. We could have handled it in a different way. Again, that relationship didn't go well. So I'm really encouraging if you have a problem with your neighbors, maybe put yourself in the neighbor's spot and think, now, why did that neighbor do that? Why would the neighbor be doing this? And maybe go in in a more calm way. And if they retaliate in a bad way, then I guess you'll have to maybe not be friends. But, you know, let's all try to And this is in anything, not just when you're physically next door to a neighbor, but when you have an issue with somebody, maybe come in a little bit calmer, softer, ask questions, try to like get them to wrap their mind around why you're upset about something, why you don't see eye to eye on something, but that the goal should be that you want to be peaceful and move forward in peace and harmony instead of, you know, anger and aggression and, you know, severing of any possible relationship. So, you know, thinking about this, there's, in my opinion, three famous types of neighbors. One is um, Mrs. Kravitz on the Bewitched series. I don't know if you've ever seen her, but she was kind of the first, what we would call now a Karen. Okay, so kind of like a busybody, you know, looking at the neighbors through binoculars, um, being really into everybody's business, you know, um, making sure that, you know, you're doing that wrong. You know, you're not supposed to have that um, flag up. You're not supposed to be putting those lawn decorations up. When are you going to put your trash can in? Um, You know, who's this person coming over to your house? A busybody, you know? Um, So I would say Mrs. Kravitz 
Um, and now we call them a Karen. I, I mean, I think that's kind of what a Karen is today. Don't be a Karen. Don't be a Mrs. Kravitz. Let your neighbors be. You know, let them be um, who they are. And if they're doing something super offensive or dangerous or whatever, you may be making an anonymous police phone call. I don't know. But, you know, try to not be one of those people. The other one that I always thought was hilarious was, what was his name, Wilson, on Home Improvement? And so he was always just like peeking over the fence and they would be having these conversations. But you know he was watching them through the fence doing other things and then all of a sudden he would pop over. So don't be a nosy neighbor, but do be an aware neighbor. I think that's very smart. We had a neighbor at one point, we lovingly called him Hermit Man because he lived in his house. We never saw him. It was a very disheveled house. And... You know, I, I was a stay-at-home mom. I had a big picture window in my house. So I was always, like, looking out the window, not sitting on the couch looking out the window, but always, every time I'd walk by, I'd, like, assess the neighborhood, and I was always kind of, like, aware. And I noticed, you know, Hermit Man never came out of his house, hence the name. And then one day, I noticed water pouring out of Hermit Man's front door. And I thought, that's not good. Uh, we went over, my ex-husband banged on the door, Herman Man didn't answer, the window, the bathroom window was ajar, my, my ex-husband was getting ready to like pry open the window, to, we were hoping we weren't going to find Hermit Man dead, but why was water pouring out of his front door? And Hermit Man opened the front door and caught my husband about to open the window. And he said, what can I do for you? And my, my husband said, well, there's water pouring out of your house. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'll take care of it and shut the door. So that was <laughs> like, keep aware of your, because what if Hermit Man was dead in his house? I mean, so keep aware of your, of your neighbors. If water's pouring out of their house or it's on fire, obviously take care of it, but don't be a nosy neighbor. Don't get in your neighbor's business, but be neighborly. And if they need something, always offer up a cup of sugar. You know, maybe there's a family that you notice you know, has a lot of kids or maybe not a lot of kids, but they're struggling somehow. And you just happen to notice and you're just aware. See, again, that comes from like being aware of your neighbors. You're not stalking them. You're not, you know, in their business. You're not like being inappropriate. But if you happen to notice like, oh gosh, you know, they look like they could really use some help. There's a nice way you could do that. You know, you could say, you could take over a bag of clothes and say, oh, you know, my daughter just grew out of these clothes. And I was wondering if maybe your little daughter might might like these. And if, and if she doesn't, please feel free to donate them. That's a nice way. I do that a lot. Where That way people don't feel obligated, first of all, to keep the clothes. And, but they're, but you're showing love and care and you can just say, yeah, if they don't work for you, you know, just donate them to a friend or to whatever charity you like. Um, that might be the best gift. Um, I know when, when I was married the first time and I had all these children very young and we were struggling because of my accident, um, I had somebody bring us clothes quite often. And if, if those people wouldn't have brought those clothes, uh, I don't know what we would have done because we certainly couldn't afford clothes. And it was like a big box of clothes and, and, and toys and things. And I just thought, oh, how generous that they noticed that we needed help. We didn't have to ask. They just noticed. And we would have probably just, you know, struggled along and not asked for any help. But they, they were very aware of what was going on. And that's what you should be doing, you know, like be 
Be aware of people in a loving, kind way. Don't be aware of people because you're trying to catch them doing something wrong or you're trying to be a nosy neighbor and you just are wanting to gossip about them or, or anything. That's definitely what you don't want to do. Just in the world, if even if you see a neighbor, a fellow a man, a fellow man, we're calling it, if you see a, a person on the, you know, the street that needs something or somebody that's just in need of something, be neighborly. Like it's a big global neighborhood. So let's all be good neighbors. So now I have some fresh Catholic news. Again, thank you everybody who's following me on Instagram and Facebook. That's becoming more and more popular. So I really appreciate that. Um, share with your friends and also um, respond to those videos I'm doing because I think that actually helps uh, me get the word out. So I appreciate that. And if you could let your friends know I'm on there, that would be great. I was even thinking now that summer is here, people have a little bit more time on their hands. Not everybody, but some people do. And I know people take the summer to like read a book or books, but maybe you could catch up on Fresh Catholic podcast episodes. I mean, you could have them in your phone. You could take them to the beach and listen to them. You could lay in your hammock and listen to Fresh Catholic Podcast. So do that, please. I would love that. I also appreciate rating my podcast. If you can just press that little number five star button, that would be amazing. And boy, I would appreciate if people would leave me reviews. I would think that would be like Christmas to me. So please do that. There is going to be a change in the format of my podcast coming up pretty soon here. As we've been doing right now, I did some introduction episodes that were like my backstory, and then I've been doing topics, and I've also, of course, had my guests. Um, I will continue to have guests. I will continue to periodically have topics because that's fun, so send me ideas if you if you have some ideas, um, but I'm going to be changing my format soon, and we're going to be doing a series. And there's going to be three people, the convert, the revert, and the curious, that I'm going to be um, having conversations with. So I think it's good because, of course, my whole goal here is to draw people to the church, draw people back to the church, and also, you know, I think there's still these misconceptions about the Catholic Church. I think there's people that are curious that would like to maybe have a dialogue about, well, why do you do this? Why do you do that? Kind of like I was curious, you know, where I just went to that, you know, Catholicism for dummies, and I wanted to know the nuts and bolts of it all. Um, and that helped me to, to discern that I wanted to then be a convert. So, or, you know, to be initiated into the Catholic Church. So I just thought that this is an, a new way that we want to go. So we're going to do this for a while. And I think it's going to be really interesting because you're you're going to be getting a really good sense of my guest and you'll get to know them. They're like a character. I'm a character, they're a character, but it's real life. So I think it will help everybody to identify with these people. So even if you are already Catholic, you know, I encourage you to still listen to the curious um, guests. I encourage you to listen to the, the other two guests because we're all still learning and we all, you know, this helps us to all, you know, get to know each other and to be neighborly. So um, that's something that's coming up very, very soon. So keep an eye out for that. And 
Um, I'm hoping to do more speaking events. I'm also going to be doing, coming up soon, will be virtual events initially. Um, We will be having, I will be asking you to make a reservation and we will have a limited space and we'll be doing virtual events and having conversations and answering questions and just like dialoguing back and forth about different things regarding um, the Catholic life. So I think that's really exciting that I then hope will morph into more in-person like workshops and events like that where it will be people can come and I and others can do different topics. And then I just think that that, that's a really good way to draw people into the church. And so I'm really looking forward to that. So keep an eye out for that too. And I hope you will get involved with it and invite your friends to it. It would be fun to do like workshops and have people, you know, come and bring a guest. So um, let me know what you think about that. Um, Email me and let me know what you think about virtual events, the in-person workshops. Um, I think that would be great. So let me know. Also, um, I am going to be starting a Patreon soon because Lori Balderas has depleted her savings on Fresh Catholic. I have my husband and I have been paying for this um, to get this off the ground. I'm very happy to do that because this is a dream of mine, and I didn't want to ask anybody for help with it because it just was, um, you know, something I felt very drawn to do. But now I am going to be needing some help and some support, some financial support. So I hope to get some sponsors. So if you have a business that you would like me to advertise on my podcast, um, I would love to do that for you. And that way, um, you know, you can help me to keep this podcast going. The Patreon will be up soon, so keep an eye out for that. And I would appreciate any help I can get to keep this podcast going because it is now really turning into something. And I have people all over the world um, listening to this podcast, which thrills me. I can see the locations and I'm flabbergasted at the different countries and states and everything that are listening. So it's working and I'm excited. So, but I do need your help. And so I'm hoping you will find it in your heart to help me. And if you want to reach out to me privately, that's fine too. But um, keep an eye out for the Patreon. And thank you for listening today. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. Now go out and be a bright light in someone's life. And remember, be focused, be faithful, and be fresh. Fresh Catholic is recorded at Wonder Mouse Studios at the Castle at Pierpont in Ventura, California. My producer and engineer is Sarah Espel, and she could be yours too. Our podcast studio is available for rent. You can reach us at wondermouse.us or freshcatholic.com.